Hey, welcome back to a Carol or a Cause. I'm Carson Lehman, and I'm here with Alyssa, Tim, and Elizabeth. And yet again, we are still just students at Langster Bible College trying to give you guys a good 20 minutes of your life just to be able to sit back, listen, sit back, relax, and listen to what Greg Forrester has to say to you. Um, this week, the name is going to be for this episode, Let Earth Receive Her King, or The Three Types of Christians. So when picking a name for each episode, we kind of just find like a good summary of the past couple weeks of what we've been learning through the chapters of A Joy to the World. And um, a good like theme that was on it was is just three types of Christians. And throughout this podcast, um, Elizabeth, Tim and uh, Alyssa will bring to you what they really learned and some takeaways that they learned from the readings and then how they've been able actually to apply that to their lives. And it's really important for um, us to be able to learn what learn what we're reading well but also for you, the reader, to be able to understand just how like this book is really impacting us because it really is because it really is. Also, near the end, we are getting a personal interview from from our very own Tim. He's going to catch you up on how the coronavirus has impacted his ability to be a good steward for what God has given to him. And we're really looking forward to that. And Tim's very excited for it. Um, so, yeah, let's get going with the podcast and we're going to start in the discussion and i believe elizabeth is going to start us off yes i am um so in the section of the book uh forster's going over the three types of christians and he says that these model the three roles christ has uh prophet priest and king and they are for us doctrine devotion and stewardship Uh, i happen to really identify with the doctrine gift Uh, which Forster defines as preaching and teaching, uh, taking the word of God, which is eternal and unchanging, and infusing it into our lives, which are historically contingent and constantly in motion. The main function of preaching and other church teaching is to nurture the joy of God in us by renewing our minds through instruction. Getting the doctrine of inspiration right is critical to the joy of God. I had never heard of this concept before uh, this reading, uh, the church be living out and having these three roles gifted to them in the model of Christ. Uh, but I find it so fascinating. And what I find even more fascinating is that even though I most closely align with doctrine, I don't see myself as a teacher or a public speaker. Uh, I love academics. I love history. And I love explaining these things to others. So I think my gift may not be in the obvious public speaking, preaching, teaching, but in small group instruction and discipleship. Uh, I do struggle in, in this area, though, because I lean too much on logic and knowledge. I don't really delve into spirituality and the emotion of Christianity as much as I should, uh, especially when I'm ministering to others. Um, I am a terrible evangelist, honestly, and sharing the gospel is one of the hardest things for me to do. Uh, so I've been working on this uh, ever since I first noticed it a couple of years ago, but Forster's writing this chapter really, really hit me over the head with where I'm at and where I still need to go and how my how the gift of doctrine uh, has enabled me in the church, but also where I still need to grow. Hey, also, that's great to hear um, all your notes on how you fit into the doctrinal emphasis on this. Um, 
Because I think that even though you may not be gifted to teach, I like that you acknowledge that God has blessed you with the ability to share your thoughts and knowledge with others through your writing. Um, and like as a comm major myself, I know that through your writing, um, we have so much power of reaching so many people with the gospel. Um, I, the internet allows us to reach other nations, uh, those that do not even know the word of God. Uh, in the time we are in right now with the current COVID-19 virus affecting the world, Christianity has such an important role. During this time of fear, uncertainty, and semi-unknowns, our words and actions are so important in how we portray them to others who don't know Jesus. Through your writing, like you mentioned, and even sharing a blog post on social media or through email, others will see it and be impacted by it who you may not even know. Uh, I know you had mentioned um, how you are more gifted in um, teaching in small groups, and I was just uh, more interested in if you have any interest in leading any small groups or if you uh, take part in leading any small groups now. Uh, at the moment, I'm not, um, uh, especially with the uh, quarantine and social isolation. But uh, my first sem- my first year at college, there was a small group that was really formational for me. Um, it was called Perspectives from the Front Pew. And that group was for pastors and missionary kids to get together and talk about our experience and see what the word of God has to say for us, um, especially because we were in a very unique role in the church. And if I can do something like that in the future um, to minister to other kids who've had my experience, I mean, that would be absolutely phenomenal. And like you said, I mean, getting to share through writing now when we're all locked away in our homes, it's so important. And we can have such an impact because everyone's online. So yeah, for sure. It's awesome to be in a community like that and just get to fellowship with others and learn from others as well. All right, so I will be going over the next principle that Forrester mentioned, and that is devotion, one that I fell into the category myself. Um, Forrester says that living a life of devotion looks like living for God's sake through Christ rather than living for our own sakes, doing good to our neighbors and inviting them to enter into this new kind of life. It is true that the liberation of the gospel is the single most profound thing we may experience. We get the joy of God from the gospel by liberating people from a self-imposed prison of insanity. When we are converted in Christ, we are born again. It is not a matter of deciding to change, but a new life ahead of us. In order to begin the process of confessing your sin and cleaning it up in your life, you must have that radical heart change. This is what I love most about the devotion aspect. Um, so between the three, I would say that I do lean more towards the devotion. I think that I'm more focused on the heart transformation in the church um, and just becoming a more peacemaker in times of trial, um, especially uh, the time that we are in right now. Um, Seeing people come to Christ and lives being changed makes me so happy to see uh, the spirit working and moving in others' lives. Um, It's the act of consistently putting others before myself, but always putting Christ before it all. Um, In my own personal life, I've seen devotion work similar to Forrester's own personal story. I knew the Bible story my whole life. Uh, I knew Jesus. I knew knew what it meant to follow Christ. But there were periods in my life where my life on the outside did not look like I was following Christ at all. Similar to what Forrester says, thinking about God 
made me feel like God approved of me because I was such a very good person. Simply the joy of God and a change of heart will change our relationship with others and our relationship with God. That's spot on, Alyssa. Uh, I think it's amazing um, how you and those like you use devotion to minister to others. Uh, I really struggle with it um, because I focus too much on knowledge, on doctrine, on teaching, on logic. And I struggle to get to... uh, really delve deeply and bond with others uh, spiritually. So it's amazing that there are people like you who I can turn to and say, hey, I'm out of my depth here. Uh, Can you help? And you really help people as they walk along their path. Because I can tell them what the Bible says, but you guys help them really, really apply it to their lives. So that is absolutely amazing. Uh, Are there any ministries at your church you help with? Like, before you get into this? Um, I help with the children's ministry, uh, so that's been, like, a part that I've been helping out with. Recently, I changed churches, um, and it's just been awesome just to dive deep into that and pour into the children's lives there. That's awesome. I don't have the bravery for children's ministry, so I really admire you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, it takes a lot of patience, but it's a learning experience for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa and Elizabeth, for your thoughts on doctrine and devotion. Um, I really appreciated hearing just where you are and um, just like in your life and how you relate to these two different aspects that we found in the book. Um, I'm now going to start talking about stewardship. And in uh, this section of the book, Foster explains that the joy of God is meant to take place in the world. That's why the world is here. God made the world so that we could live out the joy of God in it. This is our calling of stewardship. We are called to be cultivating blessings out of the creation order. The work that we do should not be done for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others and bringing glory to God. We are working for something greater than ourselves when we are working with, within stewardship. Uh, it is important to keep in mind that keep this in mind as we go throughout our days throughout the school year. Uh, personally, I work at two different jobs uh, here in Lancaster. I work at Prince Street Cafe and Doe & Co. Uh, both are food service and um, customer related. At both of these jobs, I have the opportunity to deal directly with customers and help foster an environment that is inviting and safe for others to be in. I get to encourage my coworkers and work hard to use my time and Uh, gifts that God has given me well in order to make the overall experience for my boss and customers and anyone else I interact with the best that it can be. Being a consistent and hardworking employee while remaining attentive to the customers to make them feel valued, um, I strive to just be a blessing and to steward uh, just the places that I've been placed by God and just the people I interact with um, well and just to glorify God in all that I do. Well, right after Tim, um, one thing that I really think about is just how God's really placed me in a in a workplace, in a work environment, I mean, where what I am doing right now is a lot of stewardship. Um, I have two different jobs. I work at both a dairy farm, which I've been working at since I was 12 or so. And I actually work for One Life Institute, which is a gap year program, um, 
where it's a discipleship training year, but more of a leadership development year. And I'm a part of like filling the classes for the upcoming years. And if I think about it and reflect on what Forrester was mentioning in this chapter, but also just what I've known of stewardship and what um, I've learned at One Life about stewardship is that both of these jobs, I, I'm, in, I'm responsible of like certain things. Like at a dairy farm, if I'm not being a good steward for what I'm doing, the cows won't be treated correctly. Or even though there's other people there, but if you think about it, like if I'm not there and nobody else is there, then the cows won't be getting taken care of. And God's really put me in a position to be a good steward for everything that I'm doing. Same with um, at One Life Institute. Um, it's a, we're, One Life is a nonprofit, but me and this other guy are in charge of filling a class of 115 students, and we're both like 20, 21-year-olds. That's a big responsibility for us. But um, One Life has put us in that position, but God, more importantly, has placed us there to kind of test us to trust in him, to be able to help him figure it, help him help us fill the class. But yeah, um, just my, from me having such a good experience at One Life, I'm then able to help other people have that experience and learn what I learned. And Tim actually did One Life too. Yeah. So him and I do have that connection and we do understand just about exactly how, difficult the program is but also but how rewarding it is and um i do have a quote from uh the book it's actually found on page 160 so if you're listening with your book out there please flip to 160 and this quote is um near the middle of it and it says uh forster says practicing good stewardship in all of life is as critical to the joy of God as doctrine and devotion. It determines whether our head knowledge and our heart experience of God will be an isolated part of our lives or have a transformative impact on the way we carry out our tasks and our roles in our homes, workplace, and communities. So that right there really makes me reflect and think about just exactly like what I've been doing and where God put me. And um, one thing that was really pressured a lot in one life is the head like the head knowledge, the heart knowledge, the hand knowledge, like actually acting it out. And I'm thankful Greg Forster was able to remind me of that it's because it's something that I should be thinking about regularly and most Christians should be thinking about regularly because if we're truly acting out in Christ's favor and doing what he wants us to do and um, acting out the cultural mandate, the head, heart, and hands analogy is really how we should be acting out in every aspect of our lives. And it's easy for me to say that I do that all the time, but that's that'd be complete crap. I do not. Um, but what it is, what is nice is having the ability to read this book and have force to remind me of that. But also I've had people in my past to be able to really decide, like really come along with me well and help develop me. Um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit about my stewardship experience. And I'm just thankful to be able to have Forrester to be able to remind me of exactly what um, stewardship means and what we are trying to do in this um, fallen world. But now, just like mentioned in the beginning, we're going to have that personal interview from Tim. So, Tim, with the current times, plenty of people have lost their current jobs due to the pandemic. 
Elizabeth works at a school and is limited in her work. Alyssa works at a farm equipment store. Thankfully, still running, but the store is affected due to lack of customers. So I ask you, Tim, how are you still being good steward for, for what God has given to you with how your two workplaces places are being closed due to the coronavirus? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so throughout everything that's going on, a lot of people, as you said, are being affected by this COVID-19. Um, with my job at Prince Street, the work hours have been reduced um, significantly for over half their staff. And because of that, they've unfortunately had to temporary, like, temporarily let go over half their staff, um, me being included with one of them. And then my other shop uh, has closed um, like fully right now just for the time until things seem to calm down a little and then see what's going on there but through um all of this that's been going on i've been given um a lot of extra time um so it is really important for me to steward this time that i've been given well um things that i've been able to focus on is just my personal relationship with god i've been able to spend more time um just focusing on that and really diving deeper into there and like working on school and being able to just foster this time that I've been given in this time of uh, just uncertainty and unknown uh, and trying to just utilize that the best that I can. Um, Also, my parents are currently in the middle of a big move uh, between houses and uh, different parts of the state. And so I've actually been able to help them out a lot with this, which has been, I'm sure a blessing to them. And it's just been nice for me to be able to spend some more time with them. And while I'm trying to use all my time, well, if I, I do spend a lot of time on like Netflix and stuff, but just trying to like, keep in mind, like what's uh foster says throughout the book and just keeping myself reminded to steward this time that I've been given um, and just really, really utilize it well and uh, be the best that I can be in it and try to grow. Thank you very much, Tim. Um, it's really uh, cool to see actually in this time of need where you actually um, were pretty much affected from this pandemic, but um, with losing both your jobs, but you actually, Scott, God has put you in the position to actually be a blessing to your parents. And that's really neat to see. And you can really see how everything kind of works out for a reason. Yeah, it's um, true. Yeah. So that's really good. Thank you for sharing, Tim, and uh, that's really good to hear. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the application, and we're going to start with Elizabeth. Yes. So what does doctrine mean for us as everyday Christians? Um, it's clear that those of us who are gifted with doctrine need to be teaching and sharing our knowledge and our passions with those around us. What that looks like can differ based on how God has specifically gifted us, but we need to be actively sharing what we know. Uh, but we can't let ourselves lose sight of the heart and the emotion of Christianity. Uh, It's important to find a balanced perspective between this instruction and relationship, not only for the health of the church, but also for our witness as Christians. Forster says that when Christians are doing a better job of accomplishing civilizational tasks as a result of the truth they learn in church, the world will be forced to concede that the church has knowledge. As difficult as relationship and vulnerability may be uh, to build that foundation in order to bless those around us. Forster um, mentions in this chapter, this requires you to make yourself vulnerable in a somewhat scary way. That's okay. 
It's called humility. It's hard work for all of us, but it's only scary until you actually do it, and it works. Yeah, great thoughts, um, Elizabeth. I'd like to discuss the application parts for devotion, and I just pulled a few quotes from the book that Forrester mentioned, and I thought sums up devotion pretty well. Uh, He says, our primary reason for living out devotion and attending church should be that the Lord has transformed me and brought me into relationship with his people. It should not gratify our personal desires. We are only able to improve ourselves because of the transformation in Christ that you are able to really improve your life at all. We must have regeneration first and then sanctification. Forrester says, the reason is simple. You can't obey the law of God until you love God and know you have his favor. If devotion isn't integrated with sound doctrine and good stewardship, it would give us changed attitudes but not changed lives. Awesome. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, yeah, so now I'm going to be talking about uh, this application for stewardship. So I also pulled a quote from the book that I thought just really applied well to this uh, time we're in and just how we can be using stewardship on a daily basis. Um, So in the book, um, he explains that we're here to make the world a better place. God gives us a whole universe of potential blessings, and we are created to take those potential blessings and turn them into actual blessings. And right now, with everything going on in the world with COVID-19, it is vital that we steward this time and resources um, that God has given us in this moment um, well. So bringing light and joy into this time and finding those potential blessings um, wherever they could be. And I know it's, uh, it could be hard for some people as they're facing um, so much uncertainty and fear and unknown, um, but just finding creative ways to bring joy and light and just be a blessing and um, just steward this moment that we are in well and be an example um, for the rest of the world. Thank you, Tim. Um, so that right there, that concludes our second podcast of A Carol or A Cause. And uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. And remember, even though we are living through an uncertain, uncertain time, two things are certain. That we can trust in God and that you can look forward to listening to A Carol or A Cause every three weeks. We'll be coming back to you um, in the next three weeks on this app called Anchor. And we would love for you to... Uh, comment what your thoughts are but more importantly just be able to sit back and listen and just be able to enjoy what we are saying from greg forrester and again it it is always better to listen to this with the book in your hand so if you have the opportunity to go out and buy a joy of the world a joy for the world and yeah have a great couple weeks thank you